College basketball fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall. I'm Chris. And we're here to talk about March Madness, that obviously selection Sunday was yesterday. Life got in the way last week. We randomly missed a show, but we are back to talk about the greatest sports time of the year. And, of course, that is the NCAA tournament. We still go on Thursday. Thursday morning, that's when the tournament starts. Don't get me wrong. BCU is in, in UCLA. They've made, you know, nice runs through that playing game and all that. That's all fine and dandy. But we are talking the old school start date. But anyway, um, we're going to obviously break down these brackets. And, you know, 1 through 16, who, who's got the best shot? Gonzaga is the number one overall seed. No big shocker there. Um, yeah, you just wonder if, if they're ever gonna if they're ever gonna actually do it and win the whole damn thing. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna break it down. Who's got the toughest route? We're not gonna go all the way to the championship today because it's really it's just so much in theory possibility. Oh, this is gonna be a great matchup if both teams lose, you know. So. Usually, we just go to the Sweet 16, so we'll just pick from Thursday, I guess you could say from Tuesday to Sunday, right, coming up this week. So we'll we'll go and make our Sweet 16 predictions, and then we go from there. Obviously, you know, we did have an eventful conference uh, weekend, uh, conference tournament weekend, I should say, and uh, it kind of just goes with the theme of there's probably 8 to 10 to 12 teams that, that have a possibility to win a championship. Now, you know, some of these teams maybe from like 6 to 12 have kind of a bigger hole uh, than others, you know, but um, it, it's really exciting. We talked about how this 2020 vibe is, is in the air, uh, and we don't mean that. That, that, that kind of sounded bad. Because, you know, obviously we know what was in the air. But heading into the tournament, um, it was wide open. And it's definitely given us two years ago, um, you know, vibes, no doubt about it. So we're going to go all the way to the Sweet 16, pick the first two rounds. And, you know, we may have a little talk about last weekend and some of the, you know, major upsets we saw kind of goes with the theme. Uh, there's no great team. I don't think there is just one great team out there. Um, you could maybe say Gonzaga, but, you know, it's not – I don't know. They they, they have an easy schedule uh, during the regular season anyway, not the non-conference. But anyway, if this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope it open radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and rope it open, download the show there, or listen, you know, to it in the browser, you can find this year college ball show under the Rope Dope Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spricker, Amazon Music, also part of the Grueling Truth Sports Podcast Network. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. If you upgraded the choice, your ultimate package, that gives you three free months of HBO Max, plus you get to enjoy my regional sports networks. Without the additional fees, if you go all the way to the Premier Package, that gets you HBO Max and Showtime already included. That's direct TV stream. Okay, 
I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall. Obviously, we might as well just get it out of the way since we didn't get to, you know, talk about heading into the conference tournaments last week because, like I said, life got in the way. But I know as a Duke – or oh, my God, I I don't know what I'm saying. As a North Carolina fan, that had to felt pretty good to spoil – Coach K's last regular season game. So I'll let you lead with that, sir. Yeah, so last week, and it's apologies, I, I had an eviction notice, which isn't true because I have not missed a rent payment, and then a uh, dishwasher that flooded, and a garbage disposal that didn't work. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> my, my life is not having a good day. <laughs> It's just one of those things where when it rains, it pours, and literally my yeah, my my that's how it <laughs> Jesus. It's like, so we we my apartment uh, complex like switched over um, new like people that lead it, and like they never got the memo that I paid that November rent. So like we're you know to March Madness now in April, and it's like you need to leave your apartment in a month. I'm like I ain't going anywhere. So it was just one of those days. But anyways, um, I, I might be moving back home, Chris. Be ready to to, to do a podcast live together. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it, it was fun to uh, pound the chest and look at a, a score that um, Minion Vegas didn't predict. Carolina, who got whooped um, about a month ago, maybe a month or and change, okay, around that time by Duke in Carolina, uh, was an 11-point favorite, but, man, they, they showed up and, and showed out. Uh, there was a, a clip on Twitter of um, – one of Duke's star players who said, you guys ain't shit, you guys ain't shit. He said that when Duke was up like nine points in the first half. And from that point on, Carolina went on a run of like a 62 to 40. And like, so, yeah, I don't know if that was the spark they needed, or I'm sure they were plenty motivated themselves. Because even though the players do change over the years, the rivalry is still there. And I'm sure after they got embarrassed and sitting through pregame mantras and postgame mantras. Well, I'm sure Carolina didn't watch postgame, but, you know, it was a big day for Duke. So if you're any part of a Tar Heel player who enjoys running the baby blue, the fact that you got to spoil um, a ceremony, which was, I would I would say, slightly over the top, um, a little bit, you know, considering he still has a long ways, you know, Duke season isn't over yet. As a Carolina fan, it made me happy. That was a good win. Um, a little motivation. Well, how were they supposed to handle that his last game there? Yeah, um, being how long he's been there, literally since the eighties. I, I, I guess what less. some people thought was like, like ESPN was like stopping the bottom line. They were like delaying games before and after. You know, it's one thing like you know, could you've done ESPN like switch the ESPN news or like did you need to like delay everything all of it? Like I don't know. I mean, you can go on it both ways. Like clearly, I think some of the people who were saying ESPN like pregame and postgame over the top coverage are probably, you know, giving a little shot at Coach K. If you are a Duke fan, you're like, hey, the guy deserves his time, you know. I, who knows? But right. nonetheless, the postgame anyway, was yeah. spoiled due to a Carolina win, which, again, was um, something we actually needed. Um, Carolina was on the serious bubble talk before um, that W. So that W definitely locked us into the tournament because Duke is obviously a two-seed. Um, which we'll get to in a bit here, very shortly. Uh, but yeah, so a nice one for my Tar Heels. Um, in a year where I didn't have a regular point guard, I've been spoiled to have my whole time. I was nice to see those guys get a win. And as a Carolina fan, you'll never let this one down. Like Hubert Davis, your first year, you ruined Coach K's going away party, like his last game in, in Cameron Indoor, where people paid anywhere from ten thousand to like eighty thousand dollars a ticket. Like 
that as a Carolina fan, that one was special, Chris. I appreciate the uh, the lead. And speaking okay, of Carolina, now let's stop this shit because it's I'm not done. A, we're not a UNC Tower Hill podcast. Oh, I know. Okay? But so so speaking of that, I though, gave you the so lead. Let's not go too deep. I uh, I well, Carolina's into my second story. Then we'll get oh, going. Here we go. Um, so I made a bet with my buddy. Like I, I bet the guy, my best friend, I always go on my March trips with. I was like, dude, I bet you. I said this like two weeks ago. I said I bet you 136 bucks. I mean, it's just for a random number. I was like, I bet Shaka makes the Sweet 16. Because at this time they, you know, they'd gotten their seven game winning streak. I was like, man, Marquette and Shaka, like they're looking good. Like I love, I believe in this team. And of course. They finished the year really cold. They got their ass whooped in the Big East. And, of course, now Marquette, who I have my money riding on, plays the North Carolina Tar Heels. <laughs> so the one team I pick in the whole country out of anyone possible to play, it's like, oh. So I'm kind of – I guess if Carolina wins, I'm happy. And if Marquette wins, my bet's alive, and they've got to play a one seed. But I was like, damn, Shaka. Like, that bet was looking good. And now it's like, oh, we're an 8-9 seed, and got Carolina, and they got Baylor. So – I'm going to have to hedge my – I'm going to have some hedging negotiations, Chris, when I arrive in San Diego Wednesday to possibly uh, persuade uh, sneaking out of that bet in some way, shape, or form possible. So we had um, – we had – I mean, besides, like, I guess you could say some of them, like uh, the Big 12, Texas Tech and Kansas, that's – you know, that's pretty – you could make that, you know, as a final. That That seems normal. But sure. there were a variety of these that didn't, you know, that were more desperate team needing to either play their way in the tournament, like you said about Carolina beating Duke down the stretch of the season, improving your seed drastically compared to in, in you know, the fact that there's no great teams. Is this, was the championship weekend kind of just a continuation of what we've been saying for about a month, month and a half that this thing is just wide open before we get into, uh, Week uh, or week one, uh, round one. Oh yeah, I, sorry. I, yeah, I think that um, this tournament, uh, like we were talking about before the show, normally um, you would say there's hey, there's three teams this year to cut the nets down. I think you can make a valid argument or make a valid bet for hey, I think eight or nine teams cut the nets down. Just because this year, like okay, Gonzaga is the number one seed, Arizona is probably the second strongest team. But if those teams were to lose, it wouldn't be, like, devastating, shocking. Like, last year, pretty much, I would say everyone, not everyone, but a majority of people last year in their brackets had um, Baylor and Gonzaga. And that turned out to be the game. And it turned out to be a, a hell of a fun game to watch. You know, it, it was a, a time it was a blow expect. Well, but I'm saying, like, the, the, the picks – sorry, you're right. But the picks were right. Like, the, the, the right. gut call people made was the proper pick, besides the UCLA is trying to spoil the party. Um, this year, you could almost, almost say that any team that is a top one, two, or three seed could, you can make an argument and not sound like a, a blue blood homer to say, hey, my, any of these top 12 teams could possibly cut down the nest if you look at this part of their season. And again, normally you couldn't say that, even but for this given seed, year, even, yeah, even four, all, and some of those four seeds probably or at least should the be final three four, seeds. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, I think we have a, a wide open tournament. I think this is the wide open one that we're uh, hoping for in 2020. Maybe not quite as fun of a bracket, but damn close. Um, I think this tournament should be a very enjoyable one. And yeah, because I, I, it feels to me, Chris, that um, at least aside from like the 15 and 16s, like 
there's not a huge distinction. Like, and maybe this has changed over time because mid majors have improved, even from we when even from when we started doing our podcast, my friend. But I feel mid majors nowadays have caught up, especially with the COVID years and being able to bring people back. That there's not a huge drop off. Like, I feel like when we were doing this podcast eight nine years ago, or filling our brackets as friends living in the cities, like it's okay. Mid majors, like, eh, you know, is it really a thing? But now. I think what the last of the last um, seven years of the March Madness tournament, a 13 seed has won five. Like when you and I were in high school, you know, like early 2000s, 90s, whatever, like that wasn't happening. Like it, you could make it, it started to become a thing where, hey, a 12 seed won. Like, oh, that's cool. Now it's basically the last four to five years, Chris, it's almost become, hey, if you don't pick a 12 or a 13 seed, you're missing someone. And if you if you can find that one sleeper team that is a double digit sweet sixteen team, you ain't gonna be a fool. Like it, it, so, in the last ten years, it's gone from hey, you got a lucky pick to dude. It's gonna take some homework, but there there are some double digit teams out there that are gonna make the second weekend. And if you can Loyola. pick them, that that makes your that makes your bracket look even sexier. Yeah, exactly. Loyola, you know, they got a chance this year too. But I'll say this: like during the regular season, heading into the tournament. The mid-major, it's kind of weird because the realignment has put some mid-majors like Butler and others into a, a nice, you know, field of, like a good league, like what the biggies had to adjust to, right? They brought yeah. in some, you know, that weren't normal Big East. And, you know, obviously we got to get a petition going around for Gonzaga to get into the Pac-12 or something big 12 i mean shit uh, they're gonna lose texas and oklahoma here soon right? hell so, even the mountain west would be an upgrade honestly i mean i think the the, the big 12 or the, the the big 12 makes sense i mean the pac 12 makes the most sense obviously sure. even the big 12 uh because they're gonna they're about to lose or not maybe this year but they're gonna at some point lose oklahoma in texas so why not it'd be real silly if they didn't get in by that time but um but my point is it seems like it it Kind of what you're saying, it's just more acceptable. Like, nah, dude, these guys are going to ball, and especially when you don't have time to, uh, you know, look at tape on them. Oh, it's next week, dude. Or, I mean, it's next game. Not next week, but next game. So that does, you can you can do a little scouting in the, you know, a little out, but, you know, some of your assistants will do some scouting on potential both opponents and all that. But, uh yeah, it's just it's more accepted in, in the fact that they make runs. Usually, it'd just be one or two good teams from that mid major, and maybe a decent mid major conference. But there's really not a good mid major decent decent conference anymore, to be honest with you, because like I said, the realignment. But anyway, let's start with the West bracket. Okay, Gonzaga is the number one seed there. Some people say that this is probably the second hardest. If not the first, I've heard some folks say that. Obviously, Duke, I believe, has a win over Gonzaga. So Duke's your two-seed. Texas Tech, which we'll see how they do offensively. Defensively, they're nasty. they got a lot of returning players. Arkansas, UConn, um, you know, down the last couple of months of the, uh, you know, the season, they played really good. Um, so Gonzaga, Georgia State, I have Gonzaga. So we'll go I'll, – I'll lead with the West, and then you lead, then I'll lead, you lead, okay? Cool. Um, so I got Gonzaga in Memphis 
as far as that little four-team uh, thing there. So I have Gonzaga and Memphis in the round of 32. I got the same. It's just I actually went to the Memphis-Houston uh, game yesterday. Uh, it was actually a lot of fun. It was in Fort Worth. I actually drove oh, across there. So um, I was hoping for a, a Memphis win. I kind of like that team intended for some reason. Um, but I found out that they don't have a point guard. Like they, they, And it's crazy because he has maybe the most athletic team in the whole tournament. Like them in Kentucky do. But – they, whenever Memphis tried to run a half-court offense, it was just like dragging nails on a chalkboard. But, I mean, if you look at the people and the size of those guys, it's like, Jesus, this looks like an NBA roster. So, to keep it short, um, I could easily see Memphis losing just because, again, their offense has issues. But defensively, I think they are one of the better defenses in the whole country. And when they got rid of their player who was causing them some issues and Penny's F-bomb rant, they've only lost two games since. And they finished the year 12-2. and two. They're playing great ball. I think they... Uh, it, I, I'm, I'm going with the Memphis and Gonzaga to step up. Now, a few years back when Memphis had a better football team, that would have been a really high-scoring game right there, Boise State and Memphis in college football. But we're not in college football. Okay, UConn, New Mexico State, Arkansas, Vermont. I'm kind of boring here. I have Arkansas and UConn both uh, advancing. Um, if we're talking Vegas – People are pounding uh, Vermont. Um, it's got like 75% of the bets. Um, people love that Vermont spread. I think it's down now. It's like four and a half. It opened seven and a half or six and a half. So money is coming huge on Vermont. Um, everyone says they're a great team. They won all their conference turning, tournament games by 20 points. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll take, I'll take a double digit one. I'll take Vermont to win. And I, I'm going to take UConn. Um, even though people are betting New Mexico State too, um, yeah, I guess people say. say New Mexico State plays really hard defense, but I think UConn does the same, and I think that UConn's RJ Cole and their guard is better. So I'm going to take UConn and Vermont. You know, and just real quick, having a, a field that's this deep in when we say six, eight, ten, maybe twelve teams have a logistic shot of going to the the final four and maybe the championship game and, and, and tearing down the nets. It's kind of funky because it's like, does that mean there's going to be all hell break loose in the first two rounds or are the sweet 16 is a, is a four going to beat a one? You know what I mean? It's, it, I don't know when that's the toughest part. Obviously it's the toughest part every year, but going into it like this, that can be the toughest part to know when these, you know, like, I don't know. It, to me, it kind of feels like the vibe of their – of course, it's not going to be chalk, right? We know that. But maybe it won't be as crazy the first two uh, rounds, and then all of a sudden they're just good competitive games. That's kind of how it used to be uh, back in the 80s and 90s, how it would just be such – the teams would be so much deeper that there would just be battles from the Sweet 16 on. So I'm still kind of wondering – what does that mean? It's so wide open that anybody could beat anybody, just like we saw in conference championship week. Or, you know, is it going to be like, well, it, these four, you know, Arkansas and UConn are just too strong not to count. You know what I mean? Or not to, to get them to the Sweet 16. So I wonder about that. But anyway, I do have, you know, Rutgers, Notre Dame, Alabama, and then Texas Tech in Montana. I have – what, what I think, and we talked about this off air, what I think will be Rutgers, but I have Rutgers, uh, or at least the 11th seed, beating 
Alabama and Texas Tech winning. And it's not – I don't know. I think Rutgers can do it. Bama's just all over the place for me. You never know which one they're going to show up. And I like Texas Tech's chance to, to advance in the Sweet 16. So sometimes that lends itself for me. You know, I don't believe in that seed anyway, so I might as well try to knock them off. i got to pick something. So that's kind of my theory with that one. Yeah, and we've seen this happen – almost since it started back in the day with shock at VCU um, is the playing games. Like where, and, and they, I get, they do have to travel. It is, a, it, I think it's like Dayton to um, uh, Portland. So there is a travel time, but Rutgers and Notre Dame will have played on a Tuesday and, or a Wednesday. I think it's a Wednesday. And then they get to go and play again. So like a lot of times, Chris, and especially filling out your brackets, um, most times the teams that win that playing game win their next game because ever Bama since it has, started, you know, yeah, Bama has to scout for two teams. You you don't know who you're playing. Okay, sure you're you're at your location and you have an easier travel route, but Rutgers Notre Dame comes in ride high. So I'm going to take Rutgers to beat Notre Dame and beat Bama, and I'm with you on Texas Tech. I think they've been one of the most solid fundamental teams throughout the whole season. So I'm not going to fade them now at all. Now, Davidson is one that I have heard people picking because Michigan State really faltered down the stretch. Now, of course, the the argument is, well, this is what happened. When they falter down the stretch, that's when they make the run. You know, Izzo just somehow does it, you know. And, sure, there there's an argument there. But I'm picking Michigan State, but I like Duke over them. So it is kind of like maybe Davidson gets it there. But I have uh, a Duke in Michigan State uh, it's there, sir. <clears throat> um, I that that is a in March thing used to be a thing, but I mean over the past handful of years, there's definitely been some runs where Izzo's not made as deep runs people thought. Um, but I I do think they find a way to get it done this year, at least for this first game. So I'll take Sparty and I'll take um, Duke to sneak past Cal, Cal State Fulton in a very close nail biter of a game, Chris. I'm telling you, it's going to be like a, triple overtime. Yeah, yeah, triple overtime, 102 to 98. <laughs> um, and now, do you want to finish this one? I forgot how we did it. Do we finish this bracket or do we go uh, and move on? Let, let's just finish it because then we kind of get the yeah. same conversation of, of the teams that we're, we, right. we got the flow with. Yeah, I think that's how we do it anyway. So I have, uh, once again, I'm kind of boring over here. I got to admit, right now, I have Gonzaga in Arkansas, chalk one and four moving on, sir. And uh, obviously, I can't pick Arkansas because I bounced them out. Um, so I will take Gonzaga, and I will take, uh, I guess I'll be a little biggie spice. I'll take Gonzaga and UConn. Yeah, I, and that, that one's a tough one for me right there. And this is just kind of my first one, so I'm so I have one done, uh, but I, I'm still as far as like you know being in like old school ones from years ago brackets and stuff like that. I I think for sure you know there's some games that come down to like well I'm going to pick it in that one and the other one I'm picking it the opposite way. That's how I feel about that Arkansas UConn. So I have once again boring Duke in Texas Tech two and three. So I'm chalk one two three four. Uh, I'm following you. I have, well, I pretty much, yeah, I got, uh, Texas Tech and, uh, Duke as well. 
So they're going to have a quadruple overtime against Michigan State. I mean, if they barely got Fulton or Fullerton, who's a good college uh, basketball or baseball. Uh, but why don't you uh, take over, sir? Where, where do you want to go? Well, I, I, I guess let's just go straight down on the left side of the bracket. We'll go, we'll go straight east. Um, we'll go to some games being played in my, in my backyard to where if I wasn't going to San Diego, I would gladly turn on my baby blue and go for my heels. So in Fort Worth, uh, these games are Thursday, Saturday. Um, Baylor against Norfolk State. Um, I don't see this Virginia, Baltimore, Maryland, Labrador's upset happening. So I'm going to take Baylor. And in a situation where I'm going to either win or lose money or something weird is going to happen, I don't know. Um, I'm honestly torn because Carolina has shown signs of being great this year and being complete trash. And Marquette had maybe the best, one of the best seven stretch game wins in the country this year, and they finished like trash. So I, oh, good guy. I'm just going to take my baby blue. They got attorney. They got attorney coach. Oh God. Well, they, oh, geez. And Hubert, good God. I'm taking Baylor, Carolina. I really don't, I, yeah, I don't want to waste our time on that. Baylor, Carolina for now. I got Baylor Marquette basically because I think they are a better team. I think they got a better coach as far as in the tournament. Anyway, we'll see where Hubert goes, but, uh, and probably just to, you know, go opposite of uh, my co-host here, too. Sure. Now, Baylor Marquette, though. I, I guess I've just seen a lot more Baylor this year, and I think they've just been, you know, uh, they they did go down bad the last chunk of time, but they've been tested all, all the way through. So, Baylor Marquette. All right. For the next set, it is the 5-12. St. Mary's will play the winner of Wyoming and Indiana. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of controversy, but I know some people were a little bit surprised with Wyoming, Indiana being 12s. Nonetheless, um, I, man, I, I, I feel I'm kind of contradicting myself because I did just say the team that normally plays in the plane has an advantage. But if you look at St. Mary's, from where they were at the start of the year to how they progressed, I think they had one of the better like progression trends of the year. Um, I watched them play against Wisconsin earlier this year, and they looked like absolute trash. But then he whooped up on Gonzaga less than two weeks ago. So with their style and the way they play, I'm going to take St. Mary's to beat whoever because I'm not really impressed with either Wyoming and Indiana. And I will take UCLA to beat Akron. But I will say, again, if we're talking Vegas, um, UCLA opened as a 17-point favorite, and that's been bet Ooh. down he- heavily to 15. So uh, I know I mentioned earlier Vermont was getting a lot of bet money. Akron's getting pounded as well. Obviously, I don't think people are taking Akron money line. But is LeBron uh, playing in that game or no? But um, I heard Ben Simmons might show. Probably be happier at Akron right now. <laughs> um, but if if you're looking for following money, uh, Akron is receiving a ton of money again. I don't think they're going to beat UCLA. I'd be floored if they did. But I got St. Mary's Gales and the Ukula Bruins. That was like a 17-minute breakdown on Wyoming, Indiana, and St. Mary's. For Christ's sake. No, um, I, it's funny thing is, if Indiana wins, call me biased towards the Big Ten. I did see them do well down the stretch of the season and did pretty good in the, the, uh, the tournament, too. If Indiana wins, I could see – I think they might have a, a better chance of beating – uh, St. Mary's, but St. Mary's has made that improvement from last year, no doubt about it. So I have St. Mary's in, in Ukula too. Unless LeBron's in that game, I'm going Ukula. So St. Mary's in UCLA. 
Maybe Ben Simmons needs some reps. I don't know. Is he eligible for act? He only did a half semester at LSU and never went to class. So, I don't know. It's possible. Um, horns down against Enter Sandman. Um, if you're a sports fan, you should get those references. And then Purdue and Yale. Um, for horns down, Enter Sandman, that is obviously speaking of Texas. College football. Tech. Yes. Well, actually, horns down is a universal sign, Chris, to flash to anyone when you want um, walking across any street to be anti-Texas. Um, right. So, right. But Enter Sandman is clearly a Virginia Tech football thing. Yes, sir. And it's a really cool video if you've ever seen it on YouTube when they come out in the field. It's awesome. Oh, man, with that said, um, there you can look at this two ways. Sometimes teams that win their conference tournaments and get hot are dead on energy, or you have a UConn moment and just run the whole damn table. I think Va- I'm going to take Vatek with being just floating on cloud nine and going to keep winning. Um, just because Texas this year offensively has had a ton of offensive issues. Now, defensively, they're locked down. But I'm going to take Vatek, and I will take Purdue against Yale. Because Purdue's going to – Purdue, normally, they never make the Sweet 16. But they normally lose on a Saturday and Sunday. They always win their first game, then lose their second normally. So I will take Purdue and Vatek. Didn't they make the Elite Eight a couple years ago? Anyway, um Virginia Tech, I have that as well. I'm with you. Um, just because of the herky-jerkiness of Texas. You just don't know sure. what's, you know, who's going to show up for that. They, they, I mean, that Kansas game, they have some good games lately. So, they, you know, of late. But, yeah, I like Virginia Tech, too, coming in hot and just being that 5-12. That's obviously – that was – or the 6-11. I mean, the 6-11 was like the first one that got the buzz. And then the 5-12 upset overtook everything and then that you know that four and 13 and even the three and 14 has been way more common than it used to be but yeah I'm, I'm Purdue in Virginia Tech I feel like you do gotta take whether it's a 11 seed or you know I mean not saying 16 or 15 seed but I feel like you gotta take one on each side or at least three out of the four you gotta sure. take it so that is one of them and I feel pretty good about uh, Virginia and lastly, um, I'm going to flip this, but I'm going to take Kentucky. If they lose, dear Lord, Cal Party might get fired because that team is maybe one of the most talented teams in the whole tournament. And then that leads us to a, a very minor quick rant of – I was listening to a, like a lifelong gambler on, on that Memphis radio podcast I was listening to, and his main thing last year was is if you ever noticed that NCAA – Tournament committee always lets to screw over the mid-majors, and he talks about how in his years of tracking this that a lot of times they'll make the mid-majors play each other. And, and this is a prime example, Chris, of having Murray State and San Francisco play each other. They easily could have – it could have been like Texas against San Fran and like Murray State, Vatek or something. But again, we you know, and, and his point was it's kind of come down to like, you know, comes down to like TV rights and like media and you know you want to give the blue bloods a better chance and I'm not saying that Vatek and Texas or Purdue are like blue bloods but the two of the best mid-majors this year who make the tournament you automatically kick one out so there is something to be said for like dude like these teams got to scrap and get their way in and then you let them play each other that's kind of a, a shitty way for them to you know not showcase the the cal- caliber of seasons they had and the skills they have but nonetheless it is a game um I think San Francisco opened up as a favorite. Now Murray State is the favorite. Um, I'm literally flipping a coin because San Francisco had a really yeah, nice year. Uh, and, and 
Yeah, and, and they, they gave Gonzaga a nice fight a couple of times in games. And Murray State's a hell of a team, too, even though Jaw's gone. Um, I'm going to take San Francisco, but that's literally a coin. Hold flip, on, but I hope it's Jaw's gone? Oh, my whole thing's done, dude. <laughs> I thought I'd been seeing all these highlights, and he's still playing. He's making highlights, and he's still playing. And his team starts with an M, but it's not Murray. <laughs> right. So you said Murray State? Uh, I'm, I'm, take, I'm taking San Fran. Taking okay. San Fran and the Cats. That is one of those, when I mention one or the other, when I fill out other brackets, that's another one. That's 7 to 10 for all the things you just said. But I have Murray State and Kentucky getting that, uh, getting that done. All right. To knock out the Sweet 16 for this bracket, um, just for the hell of it, because why not? And we're having fun. And this will be the craziest ups in the whole world, but I'm going to take my Tar Heels to upset Shotgun, beat Baylor. Maybe they rejuvenate that uh, passion they had when they beat Coach K on uh, Duke's uh, final night there. So I'm going to take a crazy upset. I'm going to take Carolina to beat Baylor, which could possibly happen. And then I will take Ukula to beat St. Mary's, Chris. Okay. Nice. Um, Hold on. Yeah, I have Baylor and I have, I'm boring, Baylor and Ukula. I got Baylor and UCLA. Baylor, you know, they, down the stretch of the season, I know they got, you know, they didn't make the conference final or whatever. I'm sure. But, um, and Oklahoma just plays with them really tight, by the way. Um, they just can't be, beat them. <laughs> That's a bad matchup for them. But, so I, I got to credit Baylor just to get a number one seed. Based off losing three guards last year, two guards and a kind of a tweener last year on the national championship team. And then, you know, they lost their big, who's a damn good big, uh, like a while ago now, like a good month ago, maybe a little longer than that, six weeks ago. And then we've talked about that LJ Cronin, who hasn't really gotten all the way his flow back just yet. So big shots out to them. But, yeah, I have Baylor and Ugla there. And to wrap this one up, I will take Purdue to finish Vatek's nice little March run, and I will take the Wildcats. And, man, honestly, for all the bitching that Coach Cal normally does on the bracket shows, he got a really easy draw, I think, for this because um, he has to play St. Peter's, and then you get a mid-major. Um, and I don't think San Fran has the horses to fight with Kentucky, nor does really anyone in his little side. So I'm going to take Kentucky and Purdue to face off next weekend. So it finally paid off for him. All these years of complaining, he finally yep. got something he likes. Amen. Right, hey, you know, he played the long game. Uh-huh. All right, so we are moving to the south. Um, whoever wins the 16 seed, I got I got Arizona. And then this one's an interesting one. I'm going with TCU, though. TCU, Seton Hall. Seton Hall earlier in the season seemed like they were going to be legit. They did straighten out a tad bit just enough to sneak into the tournament. Um, well, I guess not all the way sneak in. I mean, they're an AC, but I do have TCU. I just like what I've seen down the stretch, and they beat Kansas, and they, they were kind of a tough out. So I got Arizona and TCU. Seton Hall, when they are focused, is a really good team. I've watched them play a lot this year. I haven't seen as much of TCU, um, but I'll take I'll, I'll be Biggie's bias, and I'll take Zona to face off against Seton Hall. All right. Now, um, this Houston UAB is one I'm kind of measuring in on the five to 12 
uh, see. Man, it's like I think Houston obviously could win, and I think they could actually technically maybe beat Illinois as well. Because Illinois, man, they have a lot of they have a good core of players, and you know they did finish really they they finished pretty good in the regular season. Obviously, you know Wisconsin. We didn't mention that Wisconsin choked away uh, the Big Ten all alone by themselves winning the championship. By the way, I forgot to mention that. They go ahead and beat Purdue and then turn right around and lose uh, to a non-ranked team. So I, I wanted to just rub it in or whatever, kind of off topic. So that bumped up Illinois. So Purdue, Illinois, and Wisconsin all right there in that top-tier thing. But long story short, I do have Illinois going by, but I, I'm kind of all over the place with this one. I might pick a, a UAB. The thing that's – I have Houston in this, in this bracket, so I'm going to pick Houston. But – when I look at it, the next go-round, I have Michigan winning. So it's like, who do you feel better about, UAB or Michigan as the underseed? That's the way I'm kind of looking at it right now. Oh, and, man, Houston, that te- holy shit, I talk about how Memphis is an athletic-looking team. Houston's bigs are just as long and athletic. Like, that's a – Houston's got some growing-ass men. They're a good program, man. man. They are. Again, offensively, are they super talented? No. But when you can shoot threes and you have like big bigs, I mean, they're, they, I don't, I don't, that, that team could easily make a nice little run again. And they had a nice run last year until, uh, I think Baylor ran them out the gym. But yeah, I will take Houston. And again, for this side of the bracket, um, I think the Chattanooga pick is a very popular, trendy one. Um, I've heard it getting a lot of love. But I'm going to stick with Illinois because I think Illinois was maybe probably one of the top three teams in the Big Ten this year. So I hope that the Big Ten has a better tournament than last year. So I'll take Illinois, but in a, a really close one against Chattanooga. Um, Longwood. Is Longwood the first? This is the first time they've made it, right? Is that the team that I was thinking about? Longwood's the first time? I think that's the first time they made it. Um, You plead the fifth or you just don't? I, I'm, I'm looking it up for you, sir. Okay, okay. I just remember seeing that report. I think it was them. Anyway, too bad. Welcome to the yes, tournament. First ever tournament. Did. Nice work, Longwood. Something to build on, but Tennessee's going to beat you. And I have Michigan upsetting Colorado State um, as an 11 seed, although I wouldn't call it some kind of big upset. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to take Rocky Top, too. Um, you know, they, they. I heard someone say, like, they don't really have a bad loss this year. Um, they did get their ass whooped at Kentucky, but they really honestly didn't have a, a, a really bad loss because I don't think Kentucky killing you is an awful loss. Uh, they switched up their lineup a little bit. And Tennessee, even though I watched them at the start of the year, their offense was, like, really scary. They figured that out, too. Tennessee's a legit good team. A lot of people said they should have got the uh, two-seed actually over Duke. But you had to send Coach K to Greensboro, so politics happened. But I will take Tennessee – and I yeah, because uh, Duke hasn't beaten anybody this year, right? Well, but I, I guess if you compare like strength of schedule and quad one wins, Tennessee had Duke beaten like every like worthy statistic. Not that Duke had a bad year, but I, I guess Tennessee's resume a lot of people thought was better than Duke's, and obviously Tennessee had a better conference tournament appearance too. But you know, I don't know. So, anyways, um, I'll take Tennessee, and I, the Mountain. I have I know nothing about Colorado State. Um, I will take Michigan to 
Oh, Jesus, that's a coin. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take Colorado State. Colorado State to knock off Michigan because, again, that game's a coin flip, and yeah. So, th- I mean, I guess I'm looking at it, and I just said UAB has a shot. You, you were talking about how the betting is closer on Chattanooga as well. We both picked Michigan. This South could be a mess, dude, because what about Loyola? You just going to forget about them? I know. I mean, golly, Ohio State's a good club, but they, you know, they have their issues. So, man, I'm going to go with Loyola, Loyola, Chicago, and Villanova to get the job done and move on to the round of 32. Copy and paste, my friend, copy and paste. Copy and paste, huh? Okay. Okay, okay, so that means, let me just straighten out my thing here. That means Arizona and Illinois, oh, wait, no, 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 no. Um, Arizona, TCU, Houston, Illinois. Okay, so I have Arizona, and I have the fighting Illini moving in. Kind of boring, one, one and four. And I'm taking Arizona, and ooh, that Houston Illinois game. Should, well, if it plays, because hell, UAB or Chattanooga could win. Who knows? This yeah. this bracket might be the most uh, fun one to pick. Like, get some value of maybe bet like three different teams to win this region because three different teams probably could and probably get some good value on that. Um, but I will take Arizona, and oh man, uh, I will take shit. Uh, I'll take Houston. That. Literally, I think Houston, UAB, Illinois, or Chattanooga could all make it to the Sweet 16. And you normally don't say that, but all four of those teams are <laughs> pretty damn good. And both those two teams, too, do have tournament uh, experience on their team still, so mm-hmm. that pays off. So I have Tennessee, Tennessee, the Volunteers moving on. And this is one where I'm like, is Nova? I think Nova's going to win, but – if you feel like Tennessee can beat Villanova, don't be afraid to jump on the Loyola Chicago bandwagon. But are we late on the bandwagon by picking them this year? That's up for debate. But you know what I mean? It's kind of like, well, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, how many more times can they do this? Now, VCU would continue to make some runs anyway. But I do have Nova, but this is one where I'm going to, in one of my brackets, pick Loyola Chicago. I like your idea of picking three different – if you have three different brackets, pick three different winners to come out of this thing. Yeah, this bracket, I mean, out of all the ones we're breaking down, three teams could easily win this, and I wouldn't surprise me about any of them. Uh, I'm, I mean, I, we're doing this because we want people to offer, like, good picks, and we want to be logical here. Um, I think that Villanova's going to win. I hope they don't. I, that's Villanova's, like, the one team the biggest I don't support. But – um, there's statistically... And it's because he's a North Carolina fan, guys. <laughs> but there's statistically at pace to be uh, the best free throw shooting team of all time. And they have, like, that Gillespie's, like, a six-year senior guard. Like, they're a good team, right. and I don't think they're going to lose to Loyola. Um, but they'll have their hands full of Tennessee. So I got Tennessee. I got Rick Barnes against Jay Wright in the following weekend, my friend. Ooh. 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 All right. Why don't you uh, finish it off here in the Midwest, sir? Okay. Uh, Kansas should beat Texas Southern or uh, Texas PCC. Corpus Christi. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, or Texas yeah. A&M Corpus Christi. So I'll take uh, Jayhawks. Um, San Diego. Yeah, I'm, ne- I'm never going to say that. No, I'll, <laughs> I'll take Kansas. Uh, 
San Diego State Creighton. Um, I I've seen San Diego State play a few games. Um, I know they're very talented defensively, and obviously Creighton losing their stud freshman point guard hurts. So I think that catches up to them. I mean, Creighton finished the year uh, much above expectations in the Big East. Um, that hell, they surprised they me. They had a great run. But locked on Providence, dude. They, yeah, they did. That wasn't but a I, close game. No, no. You know, we talk about no. close games, man. Creighton, Creighton down the stretch of the Big East was dynamite. They were. I just think that you know there there is something to be said for you know obviously they deserve the credit for the wins but something just to, to be said for familiarity of your teams you play. Um, now you're playing a team who's a defensively locked in team we've not seen all year. So I'm going to take I guess I don't know you can never call an eight nine an upset but um, I will maybe. I'll just go against it, and I will take San Diego State, and I will take Kansas. I got Kansas and Creighton. I'm going to keep drinking the Creighton Kool-Aid for a little bit. Okay. Um, the next round, again, we're going to get to a Big East team very shortly. Um, this is interesting here, dude. 5-12 is Iowa-Richmond. Man, every every Vegas show I listen to, people or ESPN people love this Iowa team. And, hell, I loved them last with Luca Garza. But now everyone loves this Murray kid. He's supposed to be the stud. He's going to be maybe the, some people say he's the best player in this region. But it, the, the main thing is that Iowa is always a team that never plays defense. Like they're, they, McCaffrey is a hell of an offensive coach, but never a defensive guy. So I, I would, my, one of my best for this tournament is going to be take Richmond plus nine. I think Iowa's going to find a way to win, but sure. I would not yeah. take them to cover. So I'll take Iowa. And I've backed them all year. I hope they get the job done. It's only a two-point spread. Providence minus two against South Dakota State uh, Jackrabbits. I hope my Friars win because I'll have to eat a little bit of crow with my friends and probably on this podcast. But go Friars and go Hawkeyes. Hey, I've been I've been calling I've been right there with you on Providence, so you're I can, right. you're, you're right. not going to get any shit from me. Um, but both the I mean this is that right there. Like, if I had to bet, can I have either Richmond or South Dakota State's going to win? Can I have that bet? Because I would take that bet. Um, which is funny because, like I said, I see both these teams as clearly round of 32 teams. You know what I mean? But that's how the tournament is, right? So, But I'm boring, Providence and Iowa. But South Dakota State quadruple overtime, and they set a record, uh, 27 threes, but end up somehow losing. No, because South Dakota as a team, South Dakota State as a team shoots 45%. And I went in there and checked it. They got a couple of guys that just don't shoot them, you know, like they've shot three sure. all year. Uh, but they literally do have, like, remember how I said seven different Baylor players or 39 above and all that? Now, they were playing better teams the whole year, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. State. But, you know, they can't defend worth the ship, but if they're off on their threes, that's going to be tough. But, yeah, like we said, Providence can be. So, yeah, boring four and five, sir. But still, I can't wait for that matchup. Hey, Iowa-Providence, if that happens, that's a great matchup. Agreed. And uh, Providence-Sodak is one of the first games of the whole tournament, so I will be having a nice drinking hand near the beach. Um, For this weird-ass matchup, LSU, they fired Iowa State Will- made it in? I mean, who the talk about? I mean, who who they beat to get in? They, I, I, I was looking. They had some nice games in like the non-conference, but they, they at one point they were three and nine last place in conference. They got just 
boat race for like two other last week. Like, I don't know how the hell they're in 11th seed. Yet you make Murray State and San Fran play each other. It's a crock. Anyways, um, Iowa State sneaks in and limps in. But LSU, who on a given night yeah. is super, super good defensively, and, and with the with uh, Xavier Pinson, it has a damn good point guard, they fire Will Wade. So who who know, are you going to get a, an inspired team to come out and play or a team that says, F it, dude, we're, you fired our coach? Like, F, yeah, what's up know. with the timing on that? Yeah. You know, like, if you're gonna Jesus. fire him, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. Why was he even on the team then? If he's gonna, uh, yeah, I, you know, like, why yeah, did he go into this year as your head coach if you're gonna fire him in the sixth season? And yeah, there was, the, you know, the, the actually that great uh, documentary about the phone calls. Oh, we know from, why. We know why you fire him. Yeah. But if you're gonna, why let this year happen? Would you think you're gonna be a top two seed, and that's why you're firing him? It just, come on, it's just I know. weird. And people, I mean that 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 gambling story came out like over two years ago. So it, yeah, it's, because we did it. Remember that documentary? Well, the gambling story came out earlier, yeah. but we saw that we did that documentary special. Yeah, uh, when we during COVID. Mm-hmm. And it was a great great story. And like, he, and he was the most crooked out of all of them. Mm-hmm. He was just blatantly crooked. So I get yeah. why I get why they're firing him, but why the fuck? I do it now. You've already you've already like. You know, allowed him to be uh, the head coach of your team. Like, what? Why? Why would you uh, just? I know. I, I mean, know. unless he's in cuffs right now. You know what I mean? If he's in cuffs and he's in jail or something, okay. Now you fire a guy because he beat up his wife and it, there's proof or something. Okay, yeah. cool. That's different. But why the hell do you fire him now? Ah, sorry. Go ahead. And I mean, you know, one of the like most proudest schools in the country for sports, and you have you know your football coach and basketball coach <laughs> part within like three months. Dear God, I don't know. Yeah, they have. They said the NCAA said that for about eight years stretch, there was no oversight control there, but there's not really many violations. Oh, weird. Oh. So when Miami has some violations, oh, should we get rid of them as a as a program? You know, when LSU does it, it's like well. You know, um, here's a little violation, you know. All right, we're uh, taking too long on this. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, no, no, you're good. For, for a fair reason. Um, but I've watched Iowa State play. They're trash. Even if LSU yeah. puts in decent effort, they win. And again, Simmons, they could. I mean, could Simmons play here? Mm-hmm. He, he needs a tune-up. He had triple-A baseball. He needs triple-A basketball game. And, <laughs> again, talking money. People are betting Colgate heavily. I think they went from a nine-point dog to a seven-point dog. So, again, if we're talking angles, um, you would hope, you'd hope with Wisconsin, who who was um, a pretty almost a chalk in to win the Big Ten. You know, they slipped up a little bit there, but they have maybe the player of the year. So it, it would be a bad yeah. loss. But a lot, of, a lot of people, like every podcast I've heard or ESPN show I've seen, people say Colgate's a legit squad. So I don't think this will be – again, don't let the – um, small school name fool you. This should be a great basketball game. Wisconsin did just lose to Nebraska like oh, oh, two weeks yeah. ago. So, um, but I will take. I think Wisconsin finds a way to get it done to advance to LSU. But it, again, d- look at uh, the money's coming in on Colgate. So if you want to follow the steam there, bet on Colgate. So the correlation is Colgate. When I sit here, Colgate, I think cleaning your teeth and don't Badgers have those big buck teeth? Hey, uh, true, yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying, it's all coming together, dude. Screw watching the games. I'm just going to do this. Um, LSU and Wisconsin, I'm with you there. 
Hands wrap this puppy up. Um, I'll flip it like I did the 215 first. I think War Eagle advances. If and I've seen that Jacksonville State team got off to a great start in the Atlantic Sun, but they really kind of fell apart in the second half of the year. They did make it because that was that conference where that Bellarmine won the conference tournament in the Atlantic oh, Sun. Oh yeah, yeah. But since they were a new, they, since they'd come up from like one double A or D two, they couldn't go to it. So Jacksonville State gets a backdoor entry. Um, so I think Auburn wins because they. They probably have the best player in the region. Actually, it'd be kind of fun if Bama, if Auburn played um, Wisconsin for um, the Jabari Smith and Johnny Davis. But anyways. Well, yeah, um, you were talking about the best player from Iowa. It's like, are we sure? You know, so yeah, I see the best I, player right down here. I know, Yeah, you actually have three of the best players in college basketball all in yeah, the region. True. Yeah, with so that, that could, be, that could yeah. actually be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will take Auburn. And USC, man, that team has driven me crazy all year. Whenever I watch them play, they look like absolute trash. Uh, but hey, the Pac-12 last year, they 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 made me shut up. Um, yep. And they're 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 leaving the Pac-12. They're swimming across the Pacific. They're going through the Panama Canal. They're gonna go <laughs> do some snooping on your hurricanes. Uh, I'm gonna take the USC Trojans. I don't know if I pick against them that they'll win. I'm gonna take the yeah. USC Trojans to win. I'm sure they'll choke it and fall apart against Miami. Well, they can snoop on the Hurricanes program all they want. We got about 18 coaches, dude. Dude, we're, we are like the highest. We're like one of the highest paying coaches, uh, assistant, whatever. If you take care of the cleats, you're the highest paid guy. Like, we have so many coaches, dude. Oh, I can't wait for football in the next couple of years with Miami. But anyway, I am going to go right there with you, uh, Auburn. In USC, I, I'm looking at, at Auburn going, hey, this is your chance to look like you did about a month and a half ago. And to wrap this first full weekend up, um, I think that, even though I had said it, I, I think Kansas has enough offense to sneak past San Diego State, which should be a, a low-scoring fun game. And I, I've, I've loved them all year. People call them lucky all year. I'm going to back them. I got my Providence Friars sneaking in. To the Sweet 16, Chris. I hope they get it done. It'd be nice. <laughs> I'm, uh, hold on. I just, something just went wacky with my screen here. Damn it. What the hell? I just lost. Okay. All right. So you said, wait, where are we at now? Uh, I had, I had oh, Kansas okay, being yeah. San Diego State. I know you had Kansas Crates and then I had Iowa losing the profits. Yep. Okay. I just caught back up. Okay, so I'm going wild, dude. I'm going Creighton. I'm the just for the hell of it. I'm going Creighton. Oh wait a second, I just screwed that up. This fucking thing keeps moving on me. The hell. Okay, sorry. I have uh, I have Creighton and Providence moving along to the Sweet Sixteen. Hell yeah! If KU goes down, it's a beautiful thing. I didn't think I'd get much argument from you on that one. And lastly, um, oh Jesus, this 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 is a really good slate of uh, little bracket here. Um, I'm going to take L. I think LSU gets through the first weekend just on spite alone. And defensively, <laughs> they, they 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 can they can lock Wisconsin down. Wisconsin ain't a great shooting team. They just have one stud. And I think LSU can shut them down. So I think LSU shuts down Davis. And I think War Eagle. Definitely That's like the opposite of the basketball. They got one guy. You know? I don't, yeah, you're they 100% don't defend right. that well. It's like, huh? I know. Well, actually, they do defend well. Um, 
So I'm taking I'm taking uh, I'm going SEC football homer oh, here. I'm taking LSU and Auburn to make it to the Sweet 16 for a uh, Joe Burrow Cam Newton showdown. I was gonna say if this was football a couple years ago, I would have mm-hmm. picked exactly what you're doing. However, if we go back a couple like a decade ago, USC will beat Auburn. But true, um, I got I'm boring. Well, I got to be boring. I got Kansas getting knocked out for Christ's sake. Uh-huh. Auburn in the Badgers. That's what I got. I'm sticking to it too. And just let's just do one question to. Oh, here um, we fucking go. Oh my god! It's a blind question. Go ahead. It ain't blind. In 1932, <laughs> before the AP poll was invented, who was the player that had a triple double? I'm just kidding. But yeah. actually, based on your picks, you kind of just answered it for me. Um, All right, I like this question. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm giving you a softball for once, uh, a meatball. Um, what? Who do you? I was gonna say, who do you think is the one seed you are most scared of making it to next weekend? If we're answering the search, though, would Kansas beat? No, yeah, would Kansas well, well, be scared the, that they won't get there? You're saying? Yeah, or, or sorry, well, let me phrase that much better, English. Yeah. Which one seed do you think has the best chance of not making the Sweet 16? There we go. Of not making the Sweet 16, okay. Um, let's see here. Hmm. Not making the Sweet 16, so mark it. And I'll, and I'll talk this out as you look, um, just to go over it. I'll answer it, but yeah. I'll go back to you. Um. Gonzaga, I, Gonzaga, I, I feel that even I'm though even if they've, I yeah, have to. I think Gonzaga's too talented for Boise State. And even as talented as Memphis is, you got to be able to score against Gonzaga. And Arizona, a lot of people think they're the second or first best team in the country. Is the best team out of all of that, though? Um, they have to face? Yeah. Mm, yeah I, mean, it, I mean, you know, yeah. assuming they get by your Kakalakas. Mm-hmm, true. But if they get by North Kakalaka, I mean, that would be – I would say Marquette's the best eight nine seed uh, to challenge. So yeah, I guess I'm I'm gonna follow suit with you. I think percentage wise and gambling wise, even if it's San Diego State against Kansas, San Diego State again a very talented defensive team. Yeah, Those yeah, are only right. the teams who have been able to cause Kansas some stress. So hey, it was it wasn't a crazy question. Um, it was fair. We're actually agreeing on that. And I, I, again, I won't complain whatsoever if KU does not make it to the Sweet Sixteen. Um, no complaints here whatsoever. So we just did fill out our opening bracket. Um, there are games on Tuesday and Wednesday. If you want to obviously get into the mood of watching our tournament, it actually starts tomorrow technically. Um, but obviously, as Chris said, the main thing gets going Thursday. But for making picks, um, as we've documented on this podcast, a lot of times those teams that win those Tuesday, Wednesday night games – um, they normally have a lot of confidence, and that propels them further into the tournament. That happens almost almost probably every year since that uh, thing has been invented. So I was looking to that, and as we both said, when you're making your picks, you got to have some double-digit seeds making it out of the first round. I know chalk will normally win you your uh, can win you a bracket a bracket pool from work or with friends, or whatever. Hey, you don't want to go over the top. Yeah, but it's nice to pick them. If you're confident in the teams, that will win the next round. Because mm-hmm. as crazy as this year has been, it ain't going to be an all-chalk tournament. If it is, I'll, I'll come on this podcast and apologize. But it ain't going to be straight chalk. There's too many good 11, 12, and 13-seeded teams this year that maybe don't even deserve that high of a number that are going to cause some hell. So pick a little chalk. 
flip a quarter for those eight nines. And we hope you really enjoy listening to this podcast. And we will be back next week breaking down the Sweet 16 and making our final four predictions. The boys are out. Enjoy the warm weather. Enjoy March Madness all week. Have a great night. Peace.